The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. For more information, visit www.pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. Every week we're hearing stories about how God is moving in people's lives. So if you have a story to share, email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. We'd love to hear from you about how God is working in your life. Well, good morning, Pathways Church. I'm Jake Collins, your middle school pastor. We're so excited that you all are joining us from your homes today, especially if you're a family worshiping together. We're honored that you were joining us today. You know that song, The Blessing, is one of the most popular worship songs of the past few years. Believe it or not, I was actually at the church service where the writers introduced it for the very first time. And that was the Sunday right before COVID. I think that's part of why the song has been so successful in this season. It's that it spoke to a national and even global church during a very difficult time. It reminded people that God was still and is still accomplishing his mission, even through seasons of isolation, uncertainty, and loss. Another reason why the song is so powerful is because the lyrics are straight from scripture. This section of text is known as the Aaronic Blessing or the Priestly Blessing, and you can find it in the closing verses of Numbers chapter 6. The text says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. For the Israelites, this was a central text to their worship. It was one that would be repeated daily as a reminder of God's goodness and faithfulness. The words are simple on the surface, but incredibly rich when we dig in. We're going to spend the next few minutes diving into these phrases in order. The first prayer is, the Lord bless you. Now, bless is one of those words that we throw around casually to the point where we can start to forget its significance. We say bless you whenever someone sneezes without even thinking about it. Or I'm from bless your heart is basically another way of saying I'm sorry. At its core, blessing is an increase. Blessing can be very practical. I'm sure many of you are seeking a blessing relating to your family, friendships, or career in 2024. But this is also an increase of the things that help us grow closer to God. Things like trust, joy, persistence, and community. Now, growth is not easy. To truly grow in any area of our lives requires effort. Effort can cause struggle, and struggle can cause pain. If you've trained for any athletic competition, you can certainly relate to this. Now, I'm not an athlete, but I am a bass guitar player. See, bass players develop calluses on our fingers. This allows us to play for hours at a time without hurting ourselves. But developing calluses starts with developing blisters. These blisters are uncomfortable and even painful sometimes. I've gone through this process many times in my life, and I've gotten to the point where blisters actually make me excited. Don't get me wrong, they hurt. But I know that there's going, they're going to make me a stronger bass player once the calluses come. I think the same is true for our spiritual growth. It's easy to pray, Lord, grow me. It's harder to say, Lord, challenge me or Lord, shape me. Growing in joy often comes through times of frustration or even sadness. Growing in patience certainly comes through seasons of waiting. And yes, growing in faith can even come through seasons of uncertainty. If you could ask God to help you grow in one area of your life, what would that be? And are you ready for the challenge that it might take in order for that growth to come? Now, the second prayer goes hand in hand with the first. The Lord bless you and keep you. If blessing carries the idea of provision and growth, then keeping carries the idea of maintaining or remaining steady. When we read this whole blessing, it seems like it precedes a season of victory or even abundance. But if we look ahead at the book of Numbers, we see a season of struggle. 
There are multiple conflicts coming from within the nation of Israel, and there's also the looming threat of the forces they are going to face on their way to the promised land. Still, even through all of this, God's blessing doesn't go away. He remains with them and for them, even in their difficult times. When I think about keeping or maintaining, I think about teachers. I taught in a classroom for one year, and I have tons of respect for those who teach year after year. Each school year starts off full of excitement. The challenge is maintaining that excitement all the way until Christmas break. If you're a teacher and you're watching this today, you're probably already planning ahead of how you can keep that excitement until spring break. In Hebrews 12, the writer challenges challenges all of us to get rid of sin and anything else that holds us back. He then says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The key here is perseverance, the ability to keep that joy, that trust, that boldness, even when things get difficult. So pathways for all of you watching this morning, we would say over you, the Lord bless you and keep you in 2024. Hey, Jake, thanks so much for that thought about growth. You know, sometimes we have a tendency to glamorize growth, but growth is painful. And if you're anything like me, man, 2023 was a painful moment as I was growing in my relationship with Jesus. But back to number six, as I was studying the text, it's kind of interesting. This prayer is actually a pronouncement. It's formal or authoritative in nature. And here's what God was doing. God was speaking through Moses to tell Aaron, the priest, if you will, modern day pastors like uh, Gary and Nathan and Jake, you know, this idea of blessing would be pronounced over the people of God. Not only would the people say it, but the priest would pronounce this blessing over the people of God that were a part of the nation of Israel. And our heart this weekend is that this would be a blessing to you, that we as your pastors could pronounce this over you and you in turn could pronounce this blessing to the people in your life, maybe to your your significant other or maybe to a parent or a grandparent or a grandchild or to one of your children. You know, parents, have you ever blessed your kids? I mean, recently you just gave them presents, right? But what about a blessing? Makes me think of that old movie. Remember that movie called The The The, the Help? Remember? Uh you, you is kind and you you is smart and you is important. Remember how the African-American maid said that blessing over the child? Listen, parents, when you bless your kids, you're depositing, you're depositing blessing and destiny and, and purpose into your child's life. And this doesn't need to be weird or something like spiritual. It can just be recognizing gifts and talents and abilities. It can be as, as simple as, you know, Amy, hey, listen, you're a blessing and God has blessed you with with wisdom and grace, or John, John, I'm telling you, there's strength and there's courage inside of you. You can do some hard things. You know, parents, maybe you need to consider in 2024 that you give your kids a blessing because here's what I know. I know in our world today, they're not going to get blessed. Man, 99% of what's going to be spoken over your kid's life is going to be deficiencies or where they lack or where they don't like measure up. But as parents, man, we can bless our kids and our grandkids. It can be a legacy for them. But let's go back to the text for a moment. 
let's kind of go deeper, okay? Because as I was studying it, it's not only just this idea of God blessing his people through the priest by acknowledging or recognizing a gift or an ability or or a talent. It's something deeper than that. It's God actually investing his name to his people, his very presence. His name is what's going to bless them. Now, think about that for a moment. If you look at scripture, if you remember in Psalm 115, it says this. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory. Now, what's happening here? Well, the name of the Lord is tantamount to his presence, to his very nature. His nature, his name is a blessing to his people, to the nation of Israel, and to you and me. That's why when it says, your name has glory, may may your name be glorified. Glory actually means in Hebrew, it means weight. There's a weightiness to the name of the Lord. So when Aaron blesses the people, it's not so much like, hey, listen, I just want to call out, uh, you know, this uh, provision or this blessing, or, you know, I see this talent or this skill or, you know, whatever. He is saying, no, God, he wants his name, his very presence to bless you. You know, Gary, on Christmas Eve, he did a really nice job talking about the name of Jesus. Now, obviously, this uh, precedes the New Testament. So when we talk about the name of the Lord, what we're talking about is uh, not through the person of Jesus Christ, but through the manifest presence of the Lord. That's why when we learned earlier those first two phrases, may the Lord bless you and keep you, as Jake highlighted earlier, that means that the presence of the Lord, we can't escape his presence. David says in Psalm 139, where can I flee from the presence of the Lord? If I go here, he's there. If I go over there, he's there. We obviously know that God is omnipresent, don't we, right? He's everywhere at all times, but for us, The blessing comes when we are aware that he is present with us. That's why the little assignment that I've been given is to really highlight the the two phrases. um, may, May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. What that means is while God is omnipresent, we're not. Like, when we're where we are, we are where we are. For example, we're here at the Disjardins house. We're not at Pathways. We're not at your house. You're not at my house. We're here, right? But have you ever been here, but you're not really here? Ever been with somebody and maybe you're in a locale and they're like, hey, like, where are you? Like you're there physically, but you're not there mentally. You're not there emotionally. Like you're preoccupied. Like many of us can get preoccupied in life, but the blessing of this prayer is simply this. May the Lord's face shine upon you, meaning can you be aware of his presence in this moment? (laughs) Like the Lord's presence is in your house right now. He's aware of everything about you. He's aware of your past. He's aware of 2023, all the defeats, all of the victories. And he is also aware of all of the unknowns and all the question marks of 2024. 
He's there in your uncertainty. He's there in all of your preoccupations, your anxiety, your worry, your joy. He's there with your family. He's there where you have questions and fears and doubts. He's there where you're celebrating. He's there in everything in between. He's there in your goodness. He's there in your failure. He's there in your sin. He knows everything about you. May the Lord, may he shine his face upon you. Now, if we were completely candid, that's a pretty sobering reality, isn't it? Right? Like, I mean, man, just think about it this way. If you're a teenager or, you know, you're a college this past semester and your dad knew everything you did, you'd be like, whoa, listen, pastor, I'm not sure, man. I don't know if I want him to know everything. And yet we know that God knows everything about us. And it's sobering because we're not sure how he's going to respond to his knowing of us at the most intimate level. And yet that's the power of the next phrase. Not only would he take his face and shine it upon you because his face is representative of his presence, but may he be gracious to you. See, in the prayer, God doesn't say anything. We pick up on the gracious gaze of God, not through his verbals, but through his facial expression. His face looks upon you with grace. Now, I don't know about you, but if there is anything that has been so apparent to me in 2023, it's been the grace of God. I've taught about it, preached on it, I've studied it. I can nuance it, I can parse it, I can tell you the Greek of it. But until I experienced it at a level that I've never anticipated, that's, that's when the gracious gaze of my good, good father has been a blessing to me. And my hope as your pastor that today, as we go into 2024, that the gracious gaze of our great God from his face to every part of who you are, you would experience that blessing. All right, Gary, take us home. So what do you think God's facial expression is when he looks at you? That's the question that struck me as I was pondering what Adam was going to be sharing. And man, that's a thought that I don't want to have just ricochet off my heart and soul because hearing and knowing that his gaze is gracious is one thing, but me learning to live today from a, a place of freedom, from shame and condemnation, or maybe even entering into 2024 with knowing and believing that is something that I know I have to grow in and, and maybe you find this morning that you, that's something you wanna grow in as well. It's something for us certainly to consider together. So let's head to the last line of this priestly prayer, this blessing, and as we enter this new year, considering what it means for us. So verse 24 says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And then the last phrase, the Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Other translations say, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It almost sounds like 
the writer is just repeating himself, right? Adam shared that his face would shine on you with grace, but the author ends it by saying, let his countenance be lifted up on you. And countenance is a word that we don't use very often, right? But to the audience of this blessing, they would have been super familiar with what that phrase looks like because the Hebrew expression, which was the original language this was written in, describes how people of a superior status implied their acceptance of an inferior when they looked at them. Like kings don't have to look at subjects that would come to serve them. Wealthy, powerful people didn't have to give those that were less than those kind of folks the time of day, much less their attention, their focus, or their care. So this blessing conveys so much for you and I. Yes, we want the blessing and his provision and his protection and his keeping us, and we want his gracious gaze. But this last line, this last line reminds us that we are accepted by him that we are the object of his attention and his affection and his care. But here's the thing, I can't receive his gracious gaze that Adam just talked about if I really feel like he won't even look at me, like he's not paying attention to me. Like he might make googly eyes and pay attention to the good Christians, those that are his favorites that are doing everything right, but a lot of us feel like, man, I ain't in that club, I know I do. Sometimes I think I'm more inclined by my nature to feel more like this, that this is how heaven looks at me or God looks at me. Disappointments, all of you. I think that's the way our culture thinks about God's gaze. And when I saw this t-shirt, at first I was a little offended. I was kind of bothered by it and I thought, well, maybe I would buy it and just put the word nah on the back of it. But then when I thought about it more and more and tried to be honest with myself, I was like, this is kind of a baseline default belief for me that God has to help me grow in. Because here's the deal, with the, with the gracious gaze, if we feel this way, we know that an angry God never looks at us with compassion. We can profess the right things, that God loves the whole world and we're part of that world, but if our beliefs, our belief system operates from believing disappointments, all of you, then we'll never receive his gracious gaze and we'll never be able to walk fully into his blessings. You know what Hebrews 1.3 says? It says Jesus is the exact representation or he's the express image that revealed the nature of how God feels about us. So when we think of this phrase, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, I think of what was the countenance of Jesus like? Like when we see Jesus interacting with people, how often was his disposition this way? We don't find that in scripture. We find Jesus being moved with compassion when he sees the needs of people around him. When he saw a dude hiding in a tree that was a crooked tax collector, he looks at that person and says, hey, I wanna come have dinner with you. I wanna meet with you. When he saw a woman at the well who was the, the topic of gossip for all the town, even his disciples going, bro, does he know who he's talking to? Jesus dignifies her by giving his attention to her. He showed empathy to those who were in need. And these were people that knew that they didn't deserve it, that they weren't owed his attention 
and a countenance that was gracious. James 4 says that we are um, to be people who walk humbly because he gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. So it reminds me that we don't need to think that we're too cute, that we're too saved, that we're too put together to not realize that you and I are the recipients of a gracious gaze, but we're the recipients of mercy because we don't get what we deserve. We get love that we don't deserve. We get forgiveness that we don't earn. We get grace and acceptance that is beyond anything that we know we deserve. So when it comes to this priestly blessing and thinking about 2024, be careful to allow his love and his grace to keep you grounded. Don't think that you should walk through 2024 deciding who is deserving of grace, who's deserving of empathy, who's deserving of blessing. But because of God's countenance, his countenance being turned towards us, we, instead of deciding who gets those things, we become dispensers. We dish out his grace, his love, his mercy to those around us and to ourselves that we could receive those things. And the crescendo of this entire blessing ends with, may he give you peace. Maybe you need peace, like right now. This isn't something for four months from now when the tax bill is due. This isn't something for six months from now, but maybe today you find yourself needing peace and you need to, to experience that. Or maybe you just need this to go deep inside your heart as a deposit for what the future may bring for you. You can have peace because the countenance of the Father toward you, it is a loving gaze. You know what Romans 15, 13 says? It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit bringing hope alive for you so that you can have peace? So as you reflect on 2023, I don't know what that year has been like for you. And as you prepare your hearts to enter 2024, I feel like this priestly blessing is a great kind of gut check. We chose to visit this passage to kind of focus our hearts on where we have been and where we're heading and also to offer it as a prayer for you and yours. So I wanna ask you, where do you feel like you're doing okay with these things? And what parts of this prayer do you need to kind of have a booster shot in as you look to the new year? Think about these phrases again. The Lord bless you. Where do you need to look back on 2023 and say, I can see where his provision and his blessing was at work in my life and in my finances and in harmonious relationships? Where has he blessed you? Or where does as you look to the future, where are you saying, God, I want you to bless those areas in my life? The next phrase, the Lord keep you. Keeping us reminds us of his protection, of his strength, of him giving us a strength to endure. Where has he kept you in 2023 and where do you want him to keep you in 2024? And then as Adam shared, may his face shine on you and be gracious. 
Where have you experienced his grace? And where do you want to pray that he would continue to show his grace to you as you enter this next year? And then the final thing, where can he give you peace? Where can he lift up his countenance? Where can he assure you that he sees you, he pays attention to you, that he's with you? And his ultimate evidence of his presence being with you, being the abundance of peace you see in your life. In just a few moments, we're gonna sing that entire song again together. But I don't want you to sing it as like this generic tune or just another worship song, but maybe you can sing it as a prayer. Maybe you can celebrate how you have seen those prayers answered in 2023. Or maybe you need to sing it from a desperate spot in your heart today to say for 2024, God, I need a booster in your peace. I need a booster in your grace. I need a booster in knowing that you have me. You've got my family, you've got my circumstances. You're gonna keep me, you're gonna protect me, and you're gonna continue to bring your blessings to our lives. So sing it in gratitude or sing it as a prayer, but let's worship him together as we do. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you Savior be upon you 
and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing he is for you so much for this chance to be together even though we're in different places even though we all have different things going on today just thank you for the unity of worship for the unity of your word i just pray that this morning that this day sets the mark of something beginning that's going to be great that we're starting 2024 getting closer to you being less like ourselves and more and more like jesus Thank you so much for this chance to just worship and be in unity together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.